0: In the 21st century, this era has been defined by the workaholics. With all this constant busying, how are we finding time to be still? This show explores how we, Angelenos, relax in the big city full of the most lively, successful, and chill people out there. Don't despair. Let's talk self-care. This is Dare to Self-Care, and I'm Elise Miller. On this episode, I am with Diana Cummins. She is part of Los Angeles Pierce College's kinesiology department. She is currently a professor at Pierce College who teaches many forms of movement, including yoga. Thank you, Diana Cummins, for being here today to talk about self-care and how it relates to the practice of yoga.
1: Thank you, Elise, and thank you for asking me to be here. This is really an honor, thank you.
0: (laughs) Of course, of course. I'm excited to be here with you. So why yoga? What made you interested in pursuing yoga and movement? I had a problem
1: when I was a child. I couldn't sit still. And my parents put me in a dance class when I was three. It was creative movement. I've always loved to move. And if I don't get to move, I feel stressed. And I know that as I have gotten younger over the years, that movement and yoga especially has become very important to me because it really, it takes care of the body, but it also
0: takes care of the person inside. So so tell me a little bit about how did you become proficient in your movement studies? Well, part of my dance training always seemed to include some kind of yoga
1: experience and in the various things that I studied and in the body therapies that I went into. Um, yoga was one of the ones that I felt I could make a difference in, in, in terms of teaching people because it was something that everybody could do. And uh, I got my teacher training certificate with a program in Northern California. And I continued to work for this program when I got that certificate in their teacher training program. And so I think that's been probably over 15 years ago. Um, My understanding of yoga and how to teach this has sort of continued to develop. Um, And I've also seen things change with people's bodies in terms of maybe what we need because of what we're experiencing now, not just the pandemic, but how Phones. And we love our phones and our computers and all of our technology really is changing our bodies and our health. Not in the most perfect way.
0: Let me put it that way. Uh, so um, what are the different types of movement studies that you teach? I
1: teach contemporary dance um, at Los Angeles City College. I also teach something called Laban Movement Analysis at Pomona College and I am teaching another class there called Mind in Motion, which is about moving and how that connects to different parts of your brain and when we are born, um, how we learn through movement because movement and sensation are, that's really how we learn as human beings. That's sort of where I am now. I'm trained as a Laban Movement Analyst, so I help people kind of discover bigger and better ways of moving, especially if they're recovering from an injury.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do uh, dance studies and uh, yoga studies differ? Yoga is, yoga, I'm just going to say this
1: right up front, yoga, asana, is what we're teaching mostly in community colleges the asanas are the poses Mm -hmm. but it's really important to know that yoga is from a philosophy that comes from a country india it's over 2500 years old and the asanas are a very small part of that and they're pretty modern in comparison to the philosophy so late 1800s early 1900s yoga asanas were kind of rescued from where they were, and they were embraced as part of the physical culture movement. And here we are today. Yoga is one of the fastest-growing um, fields of movement, you know, for people to do, to take care of themselves. And it does come from this other tradition, which really is about the the big thing, I think, of yoga is how can we take care of ourselves in a kind way be compassionate towards ourselves and others there's kind of a fallout effect you're not just doing yoga for you you're doing yoga for everyone around you
0: so how do you uh, you kind of talking a little bit on the benefits what are the physical and men- physical and mental benefits of movement
1: movement is a medicine cabinet if we are not moving, and I and I believe me, I'm not saying we shouldn't be resting at certain points, but movement is how we kind of de-stress. We move to live. We move, you know, we move to drive our car. We're moving here, sitting in this this studio. Um, it's re- movement challenges every system in the body. We're constantly moving, even if it doesn't appear that we're moving. We're breathing. The blood's pumping. The fluids are going. So when we stop moving, unfortunately, we kind of diminish our capacity to move more fully. You know, things get tight. The brain gets tight, you know.
0: Okay. So... um Yoga and meditation are very intertwined. Uh, How are they related and how are they different? Well, kind of going back to that philosophical piece of it,
1: um, I know in many traditions, meditation is something that's done in stillness. And if your body is ready to be still in a posture, in a position, it's easier to maintain a seated position over a long period of time. And there are different ways of meditating. Meditation is kind of part of yoga and in particular branches of the yoga world, meditation is a bigger part of that. In yoga asana, what we usually do is, we we take time to breathe, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the end. And the meditation or the kind of sitting in stillness, recognizing and connecting with the breath any way you can to slow down, that can happen at any time. So meditation doesn't always have to be part of a yoga practice, but if you're doing a yoga practice and you can find those moments of just being quiet and with yourself, there you go.
0: So how, do, how does movement studies relate to self-care?
1: Ah, well, I'm sure that we have all had the experience of having a large meal and we, you know, Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving, and we go to the couch because we've had this large meal and maybe we're feeling very, very tired and we need to rest after this hard meal. That's one thing. And that's kind of recovering from that big meal you've had. But the other thing is if you're really pulling into yourself, if you're sitting at the computer for long periods of time, if you're on your phone for long periods of time and you just feel the whole body kind of diminishing in vitality, we need to move. And the biggest, best, most important self-care thing you can do is to get up, take a walk, get up, go outside, call a friend, go for a walk, do a yoga practice, but it's this moving aspect that is self-care. Your brain needs movement. Um, We need to get both sides of our body going to get both sides of our brain activated. And because of the wonderful yoga poses we do that are bringing in all parts of the body, moving in these different planes and directions, you're activating your brain. And self-care is recognizing that if, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, what do you call that, that comes out of the ceiling in the airplane, that you put the oxygen mask when you put on your oxygen mask and take care of yourself, you can take care of everybody around you. But most of us, unfortunately, we're either so engaged with giving everybody else the oxygen mask, doing, 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 and our life gets stressful
0: that we don't take care of ourselves. We don't put it on first. Yeah, that's really important. Um, so are there any specific conditions that uh, movement can help treat?
1: Depression. Um, okay, let's go for the D's. Diabetes. <laughs> Depression is a big one. Diabetes, um, heart conditions. People who have. Um, well, what's a good word to describe this? Um, endocrine conditions. You know, immune immune compromised. Yeah. conditions mm-hmm. because yoga is not about being fast the only requirement is that you can breathe and let's face it most of us are doing that if we make it to a yoga class right um, there are things that can be done to improve joint function to improve muscle function there are things that can be done that help with um, lower back specific specific areas of the body, especially the upper back and especially with what we see with postural conditions. So just to name a few I could go on but think about a medicine cabinet you know. Uh, so how long are yoga practices typically? Some can be five minutes in length. five minutes. Some people will set up their timer. They'll do it for 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, two hours. Some people go on yoga retreats, and maybe they do a long yoga practice. But the best kind of yoga practice to do is make it small, make it manageable, and make it something you will do. And maybe there's one position you really love, mountain pose, standing against a wall. Laying down, doing corpse pose, resting, relaxing. Whatever it is you do, that can be your yoga practice for the day. Maybe you have a couple yoga things you do. It doesn't have to be this long, big thing that you wake up at 4.30, set your alarm, and you do this long, big practice. So we practice many things. We practice sitting at the computer. But that's not yoga. So,
0: Uh, For you specifically, for your classes, how long are they?
1: Here at Pierce, it's an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, I teach a class at LACC, which is 55 minutes twice a week. I myself have been in practices that have been two and a half hours, three hours, depending upon whatever it is. But it's that idea of what are you going to do that's targeted for that amount of time? And I think that's one of the benefits of... A community college that offers programs like we have here and the other campuses in the district where students can sign up for a class learn this create something for their themselves and practice
0: uh so when do people genuinely generally start to like feel really good in their yoga practices or does it depend like the first day (laughs) (laughs) no seriously the first day yeah i teach at eight o'clock in the
1: morning so i make jokes Sorry, but I make jokes because I know that people are like, oh my gosh, I got up at eight o'clock to be here, you know, and I see this shift start to happen. You see things in their face, a glow in their face, their eyes. People look like they're, oh, yeah. And I ask at the end, how do you feel? And I usually get a thumbs up. Something has shifted. It's not a big thing. It's not that you're doing the splits. That's not what it's about. But that you feel a little more alive, and ready to take on your day.
0: So you would say that the benefits are pretty much instantaneously, immediate, <laughs> immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were challenges when you started when you started your personal practices? Okay. Um, I think
1: finding the right teacher, that was that was a big one. I was very fortunate to have great teachers. And I also became very picky about who I wanted to take a class from because there were some people who had great information, but they delivered it in a very intense format that was scary and fear gets into your tissues and you don't want to do anything so finding the right person um balancing what i was doing not overdoing so i think i think really really taking time to make choices about it because not every person is for every student You know, not every style of yoga is for every student. There are many styles out there. Bikram, you know, hot yoga, Iyengar, vinyasa, flow. We could go on and on. But finding the right style and also recognizing that maybe you need to have a balance of styles. You know, it's not always good to be flowing and going because your joints
0: don't like that after a while. So. So you were talking about the teachers that you had and kind of the challenges with that. How have you taken that into your own becoming a teacher into your practices? You know, after every class, I asked myself,
1: what could I have done differently? And it's never over. I don't think teaching anything, this is my personal opinion, but I, I don't think As a teacher, you have arrived at the full knowledge that you could get. There's always something to learn. And recognizing that and going back in with that that understanding that you've made a shift. I'm going to try this this way. I'm going to approach a person or whatever it is. Because especially now, people come in and we have no idea what they're bringing with them. And having a lightness about what we do and welcoming people's questions
0: and saying, I don't know. Let's find out and exploring that way. Uh, so you're kind of talking about how yoga is kind of always evolving. What Do you have any goals when it comes to yoga personally right now? I think... I
1: think, and this this, again, this is just my opinion. I I think that yoga has this, is a gift. Yoga asana is a gift. All of yoga is a gift, but the asanas are a gift in that you can enter this door at this age and this time. And maybe, you know, I want to do many, many, many flow sequences or, you know, and then I, I recognize that over time, I'm not so interested in that i'm interested in this so it's something that can grow with you maybe you need to have a quieter practice for the next couple of months or the next year or maybe you're healing an injury maybe you need to step away from your pa- practice and just find other things to do yoga is is a system but it can grow and evolve and the information we know, the body information, um, movement science tells us that maybe we shouldn't be doing this the way we used to. Uh, and and as a teacher of any physical practice, we need to
0: be up on what's changed. So, uh, Is there any type of movement you prefer, like yoga, dance, or just like it all? I like, I, I,
1: I feel like my yoga practice is a dance. And um, that's what keeps it alive for me. And it's not alive if I'm not having fun. So finding new ways to, to move, to be challenged, and um, creativity The other thing that I really think is important is that students of any age have time to play, put things together on their own in a new way, because that's really what yoga is about
0: is the person. Uh, So as far as beginners, what do you feel that they should take with them when they start yoga?
1: Find something you like, practice that, and make friends with the things you don't like. Because the things you don't like are where the learning
0: starts. Uh, So uh, as far as self-care goes, self-care can really empower oneself. Um, As far as movement and yoga, how do you feel that like Yoga and movement can relate to us feeling our personal best in any way of life. Well, you had this great
1: comment in your introduction. Can you go back to your introduction (laughs) and read what you said about Los Angeles? You said this great thing.
0: Uh, How we relax in the big city full of the most lively, successful, and chill people out there. That part? Yes. (laughs) Lively, successful, and chill in
1: this big city? So here's a question I always ask students the first day. I we go through the body. What's bothering you? You know, the the hospital, well, my shoulders, da, da 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 da. And then I say, where do we live? How many of you live in Los Angeles? Of course everybody raises their hands. How many of you drive in Los Angeles? Everybody raises their hands. How many of you are on your computer? Everybody raises their hands. How many of you have a cell phone? You know, so when I ask these questions, I see this this sort of smile of understanding happening because it's lively and chill. How do you achieve lively and chill and be happy living here where we have to drive the car and do all of that? And that, I think, is the key. How do you take care of yourself here in this place? That's lively and exciting. We don't know what's going to happen, but how can we be chill? Because
0: that's the self-care part, right? Um, Okay, so self-care comes in many different forms. Emotional self-care, physical self-care, or even spiritual self-care. What type of self-care do you feel that movement studies is?
1: Well, I'm a little biased here, but I think it's everything. (laughs) Because you are not your brain, you're a brain in a body, and it's the vehicle that you've been given. You've been given one. The spare parts, they're out there. They really, they don't work as long or as well as what you were given, and when you take care of your body, when you feel at home in your body, then you feel at home, and that's the biggest gift you can give yourself, is to feel that sense of...
0: Everything's okay. Not perfect, but it's okay. So last and final question. uh, What advice would you give to new people beginning in their movement? Take your time. Feel
1: safe where you are. Remember, you can always get up and stop participating and just say, no, thank you in a nice way. But really, give yourself permission to make choices. Because this is about you. And even if it's a class in school, you know, find the right situation for yourself. Self-care is exactly that. Even if it's a credit you need to get,
0: find the right kind of thing you want to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today, Um, (laughs) Joy. Thank you so much for joining me today, Diana Cummings. Um, I'm really happy to be learning about yoga and how it relates to self-care. I appreciate it for you being here today. Thank you so much, Elise. Um, She, Diana Cummins, is a professor at Los Angeles Pierce College in Woodland Hills, educating students on kinesiology studies. For more information, go to kpcradio.com. Thank you all for listening. I'm Elise Miller. Remember, don't spare. Let's talk self-care. I hope you will all join me on Dare to Self-Care. Breathe easy.